We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. Let's just go, man. We're not just gonna put our toes in, we're going head first. Alright. Yeah, I don't know. We'll let it roll. Hello, and welcome to episode number 33 of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast. I am Dustin Redazel, and joining me, he spent this weekend lusting after a man's snatch. It's Tommy Cooksey. Gosh, those, those people are just so strong, aren't they? The, the CrossFit athletes. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, uh, yeah. Gui Mayeros, have you, when was the last time you, it's probably the prettiest snatch from a CrossFit athlete all time. Yeah, I, it's hard to disagree with that. It's really just, I mean, Matt Fraser's pretty beautiful too, as far as his, his movement pattern, but yeah, Guillermo is, is unbelievable. It was just so fast. That, and did you watch the clean ladder? Did you watch the, the um, ascending weight cleans? Mm-hmm. The way he walked up I to did. 350 pounds and just lifted it up like a toothpick? No big deal. I couldn't even do that workout as a deadlift ladder. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my older brother was exceptional at power cleans at a young age. I think uh, he power cleaned 250 as a freshman in high school. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, ended up doing like 325 by the time he graduated high school. Wow. So as an 18-year-old. And he was always of the mind that a power clean... Or a clean in general. Sorry, I know yeah. you're pretty particular. Hey, you know, I'll, I'll go with you. <laughs> a clean is as much about speed as it is about strength. Yeah, it's very much a combination of the two, isn't it? The especially the power version. The power version, and and even and even the you know the full traditional clean because there's the strength and the stability to pull it off of the floor, but to to cat to to reach it before it crashes on you and ride yep. it down yeah that's it's absolutely right that's why it's such a such a fun, like a foundational movement fast elbows that's it man it always be the, the fast elbows that's it gosh so, just a man uh, ahead of his get... time a man ahead of his time <laughs> he's a student of the game before we get into uh any actual topics I wanted to ask you, as you know, something of a of a sartorially interested man, a man of fashion. Mm-hmm. If asked, could you really explain to someone the difference between a button and a buckle? It's like we know it, right? Like you, you know what a buckle is, and you know what a button is, but they do the same thing, really. Like they're both fasteners. They both fasten yeah. something. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd I'd need some time on that one. Probably. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's, uh, you, you put a few things through some other things and they, they hook on the pullback with tension. Yeah. You know, so it's like, did someone ask, did someone ask you to describe this? No, I don't know how I thought of it as doing something with, you know what it was? I was doing Winnie's snap buttons. Oh, yeah, on the, the bottom snap buttons, right? Yep. Yep. And they're just like those little buttons you just snap together to get a little pajama. Yep. Bottom all, all seamed up. Yep. And it's like, well, it, you push it past, and then it doesn't pull out. And I spent a lot of time like buckling people into car seats, and all it is is like, you push the male end into the female end, and if you get it far enough, it doesn't it just buckle pull back out. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I guess the difference might be that a buckle needs a release, like you can't just pull it apart. 
But then if you start thinking about a shirt button that's on like your standard polo, yeah. it's like that also needs a release. Yeah. You know? So I, you know, it's just like, uh, it's a difficult thing to describe the difference in words. It's one of these things. It doesn't run into problems. You know, it's one of these things that as I think about it, because yeah, fundamentally it's like, yeah, a buckle is a, it's a damn buckle and a button is a button. <laughs> But it's like, it's one of these things that it feels like in the English language, we've created a more complex, like we tried to translate something that didn't need to be translated or we, we made up a word for something to be like, just to sell something like, no, no, no. Yeah. No, no, that, that's a waste button. No, that's a buckle. You got to get you a buckle. <laughs> well, part of the reason I'm thinking about it is I've, I've gotten pretty into the idea of verbal specificity when I'm explaining things to Walter and Winnie. Yeah. I think we house a lot of, a lot of intelligence inside of words. And if you know the specificity of what a word means, you understand what it is describing in much greater detail. So I don't want to spend a lot of time talking to either of my children saying that thing look at it i want to use the word and when they see it and i've used the right word they get this flood of information at a young age that they'll connect to that word and they'll just have a much firmer scaffolding to explain the world around them as they age and pile more information on top of it you know and it's little things like, well, this is a buckle and that's a button. And we know it, even if it's difficult to describe. But I need to kind of do that with everything. Yeah. Not just, what? you know, it's like yeah. when, I, when I tell him to like, hey, can you put your arm in, in through the pajamas? I want to tell him to put his right arm through. Yeah. And if he starts to stick the left arm through, nope, nope, your right arm. Yeah. And then, you know, and now your left arm. And he doesn't know any, like, really what we're doing. But in time, it'll, it'll create separation. Well, you'll be amazed, too, if, um, whether they go to school or they have a nanny or whatever, like how quickly they pick that up. Mm. Like, you know, uh, here's a good example. Everett got like a, a four-plus four Lego set for Christmas. And we opened it up, and it was more so like... Tommy's Lego set. Like I had to put it together. He sort of found the pieces, but I had to really describe the pieces. Um, he got a um, Iron Man versus Thanos. Is it Thanos? Uh, you know, it's funny you say that. There is hot debate in the nerd community. Okay. Some people say Thanos. Some people say Thanos. And I said it Thanos, so I probably was way yeah. off. Thanos. Everyone knows you're not part of the nerd yeah. community. Unless you're from Maryland, it's Thanos. Thanos. Oh, that Thanos guy. Yeah. I bet you this is like a ridiculous idea, but if you were really just searching for, like, I want a lot of views and followers, doing things like how, how Thanos is pronounced in every city in America, supercut. Oh, that'd be pretty good. Be like, oh, yeah, there's like, Tens of millions of people would be interested in watching that. Maybe. 30 seconds of absolutely meaningless, like, <laughs> weird pronunciations of the same word. You'd really have to, I'd really have to practice that one. Well, but, yeah. I, but I like that. Or you, or you need to know a lot of people yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. Like, let me, just, let me just, like, through osmosis, hear you say the word, and then I'll try to do it. That's one of my favorite things to do. I love trying to, like, interpret accents and, like, try to emulate accents. It's a lot of fun. I'm not great at it, but it's oh, fun. Yeah. But anyway, I remember. Oh, I remember from you uh, talking about the page numbers on. Oh yeah, software reports. That is very accurate. I recently, you know, as an adult, I became acutely aware of how weird the Maryland accent is with our with the O's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, I married someone from Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's got a very like Don Ton. You know, A-H's are O's. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, anyway. What I was getting to as they pick, pick up things and they learn things is tonight, like, you know, Everett got this um, Lego set, 100 pieces. Probably 65 on one, you know, 35 on the other, if, if I did that math right. And I told him, I was like, I'll open it up, but I'm cooking dinner. So, 
you know, you can, you know, have a go at it because I can't help right now. And damned if I didn't come over there and he had like 50% of it already together. And he was going just page because it's page by page now, like it's two pieces per page. But I come over there and it's like a legit plane. And he just needed a couple of like he had a couple of things where he spaced them like one space too far. But I, I would say 90% of the thing he put together himself and I just had to guide on a couple of things. And I'm like, gosh, that's seven, eight months. And all of a sudden he's putting together full, you know, full Lego sets. It's impressive, man. It's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm blown away at how quickly the child mind learns. And maybe adult minds learn that quickly too, but we just can't recognize the, the leap. Yeah. Well, I, th- and I think, you know, our, our brains are, you know, we, we spend so much time cemented in what we've, you know, it takes work to think. And we spend so much time cemented in, you know, we talk about this all the time, where like, you know, where you get your information from generally is not challenging your way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You, you, because it's not human nature to do that. And so, you know, you see a person and you say, well, that person is this, this, and this because they have identifiers that are this, this, and this, and I recognize that. It's an easier way to go through the world as opposed to like looking at each person and saying, well, this person is nuanced and they have, you know, whatever. But yeah, I, I agree. Like the rate at which children absorb information and, and uh, develop is just like, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like Milo was in a younger class than he should have been. And he was really delayed on talking. And we put him in, he finally moved into a class at a school where he's with his peers, you know, two and a half year olds. And it's like, he comes home and he just won't stop talking. (laughs) He's still not (laughs) saying a ton. Like you wouldn't understand what he's saying for the most part, but we can now begin to communicate. Like he can tell us what he wants and and it's like slowly taking shape. So it's wild. I love that. Yeah, man. It is wild. I uh, I wanted to at least discuss with you this idea about whether the past is more harmful or more helpful mm. in an individual's progress. And so I wanted to at least let the listeners know what we're talking about. And this is a guy, the guy that owns, I think, On It. No, is he is he own On It Supplements? Yep. Aubrey. He, uh, uh, he, Aubrey Marcus. He's the founder of On It. Yeah. Uh, he's also a New York Times bestselling author. Um, he wrote a book called Own the Day. Host a podcast. It's a crowded space. It's a crowded space. <laughs> a lot of good guests. Everyone out there needs a guest on the podcast. And uh, so you posted something that I disagreed with. And I told you. Yep. And. You know, it was a lot to unpack over messages. So yep. I was like, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Yep. But uh, this is from Aubrey Marcus. He had a post two days ago. It said, your past is dead. Allow it to be dead. We spend so much of our time consumed by what we could have done or should have done in the past. Why? That ship has sailed. Whether the iceberg smashed into you or you won the America's Cup, it's done. It's dead. A definition of life is the ability to transform. This is why the past is dead. It is fixed. Sure, you can learn from it, but once you finish learning, there is only now. And right now, and right now, let the past be dead. It does not define you. Raised fist emoji. Um, Which I feel like is important. Gotta power. That it's powerful. There. Yeah, real powerful. I'm wondering, when I, because when, when I saw that, I thought of you. And I didn't think you would disagree, which I'm glad you disagree. I'm wondering if we just, I'm wondering if because our mode of communication was through text, that maybe we actually agree, but we interpreted what he said a little differently. So, t- so why don't you tell, tell me first what, what it is that struck you with that, where you're like, yeah, I don't, that, that, I don't buy it. Well, I guess most succinctly, I think the past is alive. Mm. I spend a ton of time talking about my past, re-understanding my past, when I, whether it was like in recovery meetings or in therapy. Like, you get into events of your past that were shameful, 
And if you learn to understand them, why you made the decisions, the context that led you there, the context, the, the emotion that you carry with that moment changes. And you come to appreciate it as a catalyst for the person you have become. And I have felt, especially with raising kids, there's a lot of memories I have in my childhood that are taking on new meaning to me. Now, it is a little bit of work, but I happen to think about those memories a lot because I'm drawing from a lot of personal experience and some writing I'm doing. And when I write letters to Walter and I'm trying to like think about how he'll, how he'll think about me when he reads these things in the future, I think about my own dad and, you know, the, what all these things meant to me that occurred. And it's not the same as it was when it actually occurred. Sure. I agree with that. And to leave it in the past and say, it's finished and it's dead. I'm only here and now and I'm looking forward. It actually does a disservice to the way I make choices and the way I guide my future because I am constantly reworking that past. It is with me all the time. And the longer I can hang on to it, like it's a lot of life, right? You, you keep going. It's, it's hard to hang on to all the moments that shaped you. But the longer you can hang on to it, you actually have more information to guide you. So I think the effort to keep it alive is really valuable. And so that's why when I saw it, like it immediately hit me the wrong way because I spend a lot of time back there. Oh, you, I mean, I do too. 100%. And I totally agree with, and by the way, thank you for sharing. <laughs> Happy to do so. Um, I totally, I totally agree with you 100% on that. I spend a ton of time thinking about reflecting on, um, things that I did or things that were done to me or how I reacted in a situation and then taking the next step and understanding why I would have reacted in that situation. If, for example, it did not agree with like my moral code. Um, because I agree with you that you will, if you don't do that, you continue to, you're like a leaf in a stream. You just continue to kind of let life take you down that path. You know, you don't exhibit any, um, control or ability to adjust or change. It's like, you know, when they say a zebra doesn't change its stripes. I used to say, I used to firmly believe that, but I think that's, it's not as simple as that statement for human beings. Yeah. You know, we're not zebras. We're not zebras. <laughs> we, yeah. Opposable thumbs. We're, uh, we're upright animals. Receding hairlines. Receding hairlines. They, zebras have great hair. They also make a weird noise. They don't sound like a horse, believe it or not. It's like a... I would have expected... Yeah, yeah I would have expected a horse. You yeah, say they're more like not, a giraffe. It's like a... Yeah, it's more like what does the fox say. But anyway, um, so, so I totally agree with that. Where we're probably splitting hair some, that's what we do, is I don't... The way that is written, it does seem to say the past is dead, leave it in the past. But I think the part of it where, well, no, I think, I, I, I think I'm beginning to more agree with you than disagree with you. But I will say that the past, to me, the actual literal events are dead. They happened. They are static. They cannot change. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, like uh, you... You won the 5A championship, which you did. You can't take that away from you, me. You won that, right? It's static. It happened, right? I think what this is driving at is if you always live in the, we could have won by more. God, if I just wouldn't have missed that block or if I would have just caught that touchdown, you're allowing that actual event because that didn't happen. So you're allowing mm -hmm. un, unrealized events to determine your entire life. Whereas if you reflect on rem remembering the past to me and using uh, lessons learned and even lessons learned 20 years later about the static event that happened is different than 
letting that past event continue to live on. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. The, you know where it gets me is that poem, The Guest House, that we've shared on a couple of podcasts. Oh, yeah. I, I forget his name. Cisco's but yeah. Teams Week. Yep. Uh, and the gist of that poem is all these emotions will come to you like visitors. Mm -hmm. They're just feelings that show up. And you have the choice to either deny them and say, I don't want you here. Or you open up your guest house, invite them all in, anger, sadness, regret, open, open arms. Hey, I've got a place for you here. And the reason I love that poem so much is because all your emotions are useful. They're all meaningful. And if you find yourself constantly thinking about that 5A state championship game that you won by one glorious point, even though your kicker was down and a, a different guy had to come in, Gino Waters, <laughs> shout out. You know he's a listener. <laughs> Long-time listener. Kick field goals all year. <laughs> Nailed the extra point for the W. Yeah, if, if you find that moment coming up again and again and you're just thinking about it, you need to do something with it. You don't need to ignore it. You need yeah. to talk about it. You need to understand why it's meaningful to you, why it's shaping you. It's trying to tell you something. And in that way, you know yourself better. And then you're, one, you'll resolve that, whatever that thing is you keep butting up against. And two, you'll, you'll probably guide your life to a happier place because that feeling is there to tell you something about who you really want to be. Yeah. So we're saying the same thing, but let, but, yeah. but he, here's, here's the thing. And he, here's the part of it that resonated with me based on therapy, based on working through some things from the past that weren't as, you know, as great as winning the five, a championship is when it says, sure, you can learn from it. But once you finish learning, there is only now. And, and what I take from that is just like, you know, any, any therapy or any breathing exercise or, you know, having a difficult emotion bubble up, right, is being with it, learning from it, understanding it. But once you've processed that event, you, and, and it may always come back up, who knows, but once you've processed it and you've taken every, like once you've read that book enough times, then it's time to put the book away. And I think that's what it means is almost like you're taking that memory, that past event, and you've taken everything you can from it, but, but you're right because it's, it's almost like, um, especially when you have kids, you take that book back off the bookshelf because something happened and you blow the dust off and it's like, all right, we need to revisit this because this is a familiar thing, right? Well, my, I think of it this way, right? And the book analogy is not, not bad. If I can expand it a little bit, the, you think about your life as a story. I don't really know what the impact of my childhood experiences is on the total story yet. Right? Like, I might have things 15 years from now that I have a recollection as something is happening to my son or my daughter I have a recollection of something my father or mother told me in my childhood. And I'm like, ah, I get it. This is the time. Like, I yeah. can pass this along. Yeah. And then it has this new richness, right? And if you're, if you're reading a book or you're watching a movie, you don't understand the importance of the events in scene one until you finish the entire movie. And they either made sense or they didn't. If you want your life to be like narratively complete and satisfying, you need to hang on to those moments so that they can be used in the later stages of your story. And then you can like thread it all together. You can see the whole path. And so the effort to keep the past alive and not let it be dead is to me more personally satisfying. And maybe you can make an argument for like being really, really focused and ambitious and like, getting rid of all that dross. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think, I think it might even be the more professionally helpful thing to do. I don't think it's as emotionally helpful. Well, it's, yeah. So as we're going through this, like 
um, it's a very pragmatic approach. Like it's a very much like the, the guy probably has kids, but it sounds like somebody who doesn't have kids. Like I don't have any use for these mm-hmm. past feelings, emotions. What I did, what I did is what I did. What was done to me was what was done to me. There's only now, and I can I can learn from that. But now I have to go to the next thing. But you know, <clears throat> as you're saying this, like as you narrate your story, your life, thinking about like all the societies that existed before the print and the, the printed word, this is the mm-hmm. telling the story and keeping their history alive was the only way that we've got any recollection of what happened. So maybe you're bending me on this one a little bit. I, I do, th- well, I do think though that, you know, where, where, it, where it becomes a, a nice, t- um, touchstone is for diff- maybe difficult events. Uh, you still don't want them to die. If if you're carrying well, I, if you're carrying um, shame with you because of an event, I think that's when it becomes a very pragmatic approach to let that event die. Maybe. Yeah, I. Well, there's a there's a phrase I heard in group work that you know, guilt is about what you do, shame is about who you are. Mm-hmm. And so if you've incorporated an event so deeply into your identity that you feel shame around it, like, it's not going anywhere anyways. Like, you've made it part of you, right? So that, that's got to be addressed. But there's, there's definitely a lot of precedent for as far as, like, cultural wisdom and not looking back. There's a story in the Bible, um, Old Testament, Abraham's family, they go to Sodom and Gomorrah, right? The, the classic places of sin. Mm-hmm. The place we get the word sodomy from, <laughs> which is just like opens up a whole basket about the way that time has the, been interpreted. Yep. But neither here nor there. It's, it's about the archetypes of this wasn't a place they were supposed to be. Sure. And when uh, Abraham goes there to get his brother Lot and his brother's family, like, Lot gets his wife, Abraham's dragging him out of town and says, like, hey, it's the Lord's command, we have to leave here, and you're coming with me, there's no questions asked. And as they're going, Abraham says, and the Lord instructed you not to look back. Don't even look back. I think some angels came out with, mm-hmm. with Abraham and, like, gave the instructions. And so anyway... Uh, only one person looks back, Lot's wife. She turns around, she looks back at, the, at Sodom and Gomorrah, and for that, she is instantly turned into a pillar of salt. Why salt? I have no idea. There's, certainly but there's something the, significant that's there, but I don't know what it is, yeah. But like that's stuck with like the Jewish religion into the Christian faith. And it's just, it's all about like when you have had these things and you've decided to move on from them, don't look back, don't revisit, you know, don't, don't long for that time. Like, and there's certainly good stuff there, right? Like I'm a married man. I shouldn't be spending time like thinking about ex-girlfriends and like, or like past events that no longer do my current marriage service. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's up to every couple to like navigate those waters, right? Yeah, Find sure. your comfort levels. But, but there's just stuff that you could definitely leave behind. Um, so I don't want to act like all of it is, is great. But I do think, my last thing on this, really, when... When I talk about, when I use the phrase, the road narrows, and I think about the totality of my life, and I've thought about it this way a lot since the brush with leukemia, it's, you think your life is this big open thing with all these options, but at some point you will be at the end of your time, and it will only be the exact path that you walked. Like it'll be that one thing. So it's almost like you have this big blurry image that is your life. And as you live it, it gets clearer and clearer and clearer until you die and you see exactly what your life is. It's done. Hay is in the barn. Right? And that's it. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about like that finiteness of it, 
like, I want to hang on to it all. I want to see the entirety of the picture. And I think that's why I don't like killing my own past. And I, I think this is probably pretty common with everybody, right? Like, we're, we're tearing down statues because it says something about our history. And some people have a very negative reaction to that. That's people who don't want the past to die. Like, I understand this. I understand my story. And I think there's a, a different responsibility for social memory than there is for personal memory. But I think everybody has that, that emotion in them that it all mattered. And I, I think I mostly agree with that. Yeah, well, you've you've kind of you, you've bent me on it. I think he, I think the phraseology, phraseology, phraseology is that a word? I don't know. Don't really care. I'm not going to look it up. Close enough. If I was, understand what you mean. If I was blogging, I wouldn't even. If it had a, gave me a red squiggly, I'd just keep on typing. Keep on rolling. Um, but no, I, 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 yeah, I think there are. Yeah, maybe both can exist at the same time. Like you said, there are things that don't serve you now and won't serve you later that need to be left on the vine to die. Yeah. but it's, Life's a two-front war, right? You have to fight what can harm you and save what can help you. Yeah. There's also... Kill, gosh, now kill, that I'm really, the, kill the dead Kill the dead weeds, water. What's the, what's the whole, like, two wolves feed the wood? Which one wins? The one I you feed. Never heard that one. Yeah, well, you know. uh, whatever. I I don't read as many books. <laughs> Since as I'm you doing do. such a good job at repeating it, uh... yeah, it's it's really that it's, it's some ancient thing I've never heard of it before. But yeah, yeah, dude, I, you you got me in your boat. I'm off the Aubrey boat. Yes. What an idiot! Not really. He's actually a lot of his stuff is actually really solid. But I can see where that is too like. He tried to be too like practical about life, and life is not that as simple as like gardening. Like you don't just pull the weeds yeah. out of life, and you know they're still they were still yeah. there. They're very real. He's a dummy. I'm gonna send him a picture of just me staring directly into my phone. Straight DM <laughs> caption. I'm the captain now. Just let me know if he replies. That that might be just the kind of thing that gets a reply. <laughs> Looks like a pretty tough guy. I wouldn't want any. Yeah, he does. He's got like a broken nose. He's, like he's definitely, he's definitely tussled. That's for sure. He's been in more fights than me, no question. Yeah. Well, I didn't have anything else, man. Um, I think we should probably hit the segments, or we'll be here. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I'm in, game for the segments. You got to read it. In our supposed in our supposed commitment to a tighter podcast, I feel like this is the responsible move. I think it's great. Well, I know how we get. I know us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chatty Kathy's. Gosh, poor All Kathy. Right. Used to be Kathy. Now it's Karen. Gotta Karen's stay. definitely gotten it the worst. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're Kathy, you just, you just chatter a little too much. If you're Karen, you're yelling at a manager, and that's definitely worse. Yeah, there's a girl I dated briefly towards the end of high school who was a Karen, and it was right when like that Dane Cook skit was big mm-hmm. about there's always that one person in the group, and their name's always Karen. Yep. Couldn't, Felt bad for Couldn't her. shake it. Yep. <laughs> All right, segment time. Question of the week. Question of two weeks, if you're counting. Yep. What purchase has meant the most to me recently? What is a purchase that I could have done without? So that I had to revisit the question because um, what purchase has meant the most to me is a little different than which uh, purchase has been the most beneficial or useful. Oh, yeah. Because I started to lean towards, you know, the Apple Watch because it really has changed how I'm doing fitness. Um, I like that. But that hasn't meant the most to me. Like that's not, it's not meaningful. It's just practical. I would say, I don't know, man, I got a couple of things. I'll just toss them out there. <clears throat> yeah. And, and they're all, they're all actually around family because that's what means the most to me. So, um, 
I would say one of them is we recently moved schools for Milo. And we had hung on emotionally to the past school because we had spent a lot of time there. And it just wasn't serving us anymore. But once you're you, like, the past is dead. I said, We're moving on. That's what I said it in an email. I sent a screenshot. I said, the past is dead, bro. But, you know, you, you sort of get emotionally attached and you start to, there's like, it's hard to be logical. Um, but we, so we, we, been, we moved him into a new school two days in, but it's been great and it's been, it's been a great move. And it's, it's, you know, why there's a cost. There's, there's other, there's more, there's different types of costs associated with it that weren't associated with the other school. So that's why that's a, per, a quote purchase that's meant a lot. The other thing, well, two other quick things. One, we just put the, the second part of the deposit down for our uh, family vacation next week. Got a house, going to the beach. Haven't spent a week at the beach in, I don't, besides, well, I, we went to Cancun. But when you call that the beach, it sort of minimizes the Cancun. But, you know, going to the beach, beach is kind of just much lazier, isn't it? I don't know. I've never been to Cancun, so all my attachment to it is based upon MTV Spring Break. <laughs> that is reality. That's all it is. Even with kids, it's the same thing. Sounds great. But yeah, so we we're going to the beach and could not be more excited to just be not in the house. And then last but surely not least is a purchase we have not made yet, but it's coming up, is a new couch for our living room. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't realize how expensive how couches I- were. <laughs> I'm most excited about the most domestic and boring approach here. That's where we are. What are you going with? Leather? You going with a? No, you going to go you with a pullout? Do you like some recliners? No. Is it an L? Is it a sectional? It was going to be a sectional, but our living room. You've been in our living room. It's kind of odd shaped. It's very rectangular, with some mm-hmm. very unfortunately placed uh, wide entry doors. So we're just going with the nice deep uh, uh, sofa. Is it a couch or a sofa? I think it's a sofa. I don't know. Aren't they the same thing? A button or a buckle. I don't know. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. I don't know. Look it up. But it's a nice long, it's like got a nice like lounging depth to it. We're going to get a nice ottoman performance fabric. Of course we got kids yep. slip cover performance fabric. Uh, but you know, I'm just excited because right now we got a couch from Article, which looks great. Yeah, it looks good. Not that comfortable. Really hard. Mm-hmm. And when the family of four plus a dog, you know, it's just something I'm really looking forward to. And, and we spend a lot of time when, you know, in the evenings, we'll all get together. We'll watch like a, you know, a Disney movie or something. It'll be nice to do it in a little more comfort. So anyway. Yeah, it's uh, you can't really shop the way our generation shops when it comes to a couch or a sofa, you know, article looks great on Instagram, but if you want, if you want something satisfying, you need to go to like to the couch barn. Yeah. Oh, we we were, I was in pottery barn, just sitting back, imagining myself like on this couch. And then you talk about dimensions. Like these couches are deep and it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is this going to look like the, what was that? Um, that show, the the big comfy couch, it was like this giant couch with this little clown on it. It's like, that's gonna be me, like dancing on the couch in front of the TV. Yeah, my, uh, we're going to Texas for Thanksgiving. Um, my brother moved down. I moved to Austin, like all the cool people are doing. Younger brother, yeah. Older brother from San Diego. Yeah, San Diego to Austin. Did what the migration? What a cool dude! Gosh, he's so right? much cooler than you, dude. So cool. <laughs> it's like he realized he could live anywhere in the world. He's just like, well, I'll, I'll go to all the best places. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, his company, COVID hit, and you, they basically found out, like, yeah, you can work mobily. Yeah. And go figure. once you start doing the math, like a California to Texas, it's like giving yourself a 12% pay raise. Yeah. There's some nuance there, but it's just, you might as well. Closer to family, et cetera. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, has family nearby, but um, the the way they got us hyped for the visit, 
they've went out and bought a new couch and sent us a picture. And it is a Texas size couch. Mm. And they're like, look forward to sitting on this all week. And I am. It's, I'm truly, yeah. I'm truly titillated. I mean, I couldn't be more excited. I couldn't be more excited about this. So those are, those are our most recent purchases or to be purchased. Um, that that have that have meant the most or are meaning the most. Something I could probably do without that I that I purchase. I've gotten on a recent like sneaker kick. I don't know why. I didn't grow up as like a like a you know Jordan's sneakers guy. It's more of like a Vans like common common projects as you well know. But well, well aware. I, I've recently got on a kick where I'm kind of, you know, interested in buying them. I just, the, the, uh, the dopamine hits quick and I'm like, let's get them. There's probably a pair or two that I've gotten that I'm like, yeah, I don't really, I didn't really need these. Talk to me about it. I've been, uh, I've actually kind of, this is funny that we didn't talk about this. I've kind of gravitated. I haven't pulled any triggers. Yeah. But watching the NBA Finals, there was some uh, buzz around P.J. Tucker, the sneaker king of the NBA. Okay. And so I started kind of watching some videos, uh, some people who talk fashion. I started hearing the lingo. Oh, yeah. And I was like, there is a whole world here. I'm kind of interested. Sneaker culture is a big thing. It's, you know, it's, it's one of these things where, like, Nike has this app called Sneakers. And they do like limited releases there. And most everything is on a draw. Or you have to be on right at 10 a.m. when the shoe drops. 10 a.m. Eastern. And I won't even say 9 times out of 10. 99 times out of 100, you're going to catch the L. You're not going to get the shoe. Because the bots have figured out a way to scoop up 200 of them and sell them for a $30 profit. Right? So, you know, but there's still that little rush. It's like a little Christmas morning rush when, when, a, when a new one drops. And you might get lucky here and there. Some, I've seen some people get some wins, get some nice kicks. Um, but there's definitely some that I've got my eyes on that I'm like, I'll pay above retail for these. I'll definitely pay above retail for these. <laughs> but it's just, you know, how it's many, just, uh, yeah. How many sp- sneakers are we really talking here in the collection because i got some friends who've got a a lot of sneakers you know my sneaker collection i wear all mine i I wouldn't buy anything that's just gonna sit there so i can look at it okay but it's it's not is it's probably i bet i i bet i have talking two dozen probably about that if you're counting if you're counting like you know, vans that I wear to the pool. Yeah, if, if that counts, yeah. yeah, probably. And if you're counting gym shoes, probably like maybe maybe a two and a half dozen, maybe three dozen. Yeah, I've got it's running, basketball, and every day in Allbirds, a zero lift barefoot minimalist yeah, shoe. Yeah, minimalist, yeah. And uh, you got to have a hard shoe, as, as we call it, a church shoe, as we call it in Southern Maryland. Oh, are we counting those as sneakers? No, they're not sneakers, unless they have the the Lunar right. Grand Sole, the the Kohan Lunar Grand Sole. No, no, I don't dabble either. I'm I'm not that old yet. Yeah, I don't dabble. Yeah, it's no, yeah. I think I got five. I have friends that I have friends that have. We we you know a couple of them, but they have like a, a very nice. Jordan collection that they don't even wear. Mm-hmm. They just they buy two pairs and put one in the closet, and they might wear one. Man, I respect it. This is about to come around when I uh, when I answer the questions. Yeah, I just I take way I'm way too like scrutinizing in my purchasing. I can't just pull the trigger on a pair of shoes. I've got to really labor over it. Well, here, here's what gets me. Cause look, you know me. You know yeah. it's not that easy. <laughs> but for Nike, it's like 365 days free returns. Mm. So you get them. If they're not resellable or you don't want to wear them, you just send them on back. I wish you hadn't told me that. That actually is pretty <laughs> sweet. Exactly. I had a friend that used that I used to work out with. He would track apparently there was like a date underneath the 
the uh, f- the insert or underneath the tag or something. And he would buy like like Nike Metcons, like the Nike workout shoe for CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And he would take it up until like the date and then say, these are, they'd have a tear and he'd, he'd send them back to Nike and say, these are, uh, you know, malfunctioning. They have a rip. And they would send him a brand new pair. And he would, he would buy like two pairs and then just keep them on cycle. I don't know. Yeah, I have six pairs. I forgot. I've got a. I got the Nano Nine. Look at so. you, crossfitting, crossfitting guy. Crossfit shoe. So go ahead. What are <laughs> what are what are what, what's a purchase for you that's meant the most? Well, first of all, let me thank you for sharing. Uh, well, you are welcome. Let me just <laughs> let me just say you're very welcome. The pleasure's all on this side of the microphone. Not the usual. Uh, you know, deep emotional soil to till here, but still. We we needed to kind of ease our way back into the water for these. Feels good. Yeah. Um, the purchase that I feel really good about that is recent. I just made a week ago, probably less, I think, mm-hmm. uh, five days ago. And that was purchasing two tickets to the Disney Marathon. Yeah, you did. One for me, one for my wife, and we're going to run it in January. So 20-week training program starts in about 10 days, and the reason it means a lot to me is kind of twofold. I've done one marathon before, so I know the effect that training for a marathon has on me and the sense of accomplishment you feel at the end of that. The... Other, the other thing is I love making a purchase that guarantees to change my behavior. You know, there's not very many purchases that really do that. You kind of like, you get a little upgrade in the life you're already living. Well, I'm going to go into the office the same way I always do, but I'm going to do it wearing this shirt. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a real slow burn, but to know the sense of accomplishment, to know the time it takes, the pain involved, and how I feel about myself when it's done, and to know that my wife is also going to feel that, and for her, like this will be her first marathon, double the length of anything she's run before, and that we're both going to do it together. Like, I cannot wait for that finish line. You know, there's chances things can happen. We might not make it. But if we do, it'll be so gratifying. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So that's the one that has meant the most to me, even though, like, the payoff is down the road. Like, I, I know what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's already paying for itself in the anticipation. Have you read uh, my brother's reading... Um the something molecule it's about dopamine the yeah i've I've heard of this i haven't read it um but it's about how dopamine like when you eat a bite of cake and you get that dopamine rush people think that dopamine is i'm enjoying it now but what it's actually doing is making you think about the next time you bite the molecule of more yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, it's a, the the anticipation. It's anticipation. Yeah, is yep. that, yeah, and then I guess serotonin is what kicks in when you're like actually you know, we we talked about you know, when you see the mountain in the distance, the dopamine says this is going to be great to climb this. But when you're actually on the mountain and it's just trees around you, it's the serotonin that's saying this is great, I'm doing this thing. But anyway, yeah, and that's why most addicts struggle with dopamine. They have, like, very live dopamine centers. Mm, like, mm. in whatever their drug of choice is, like, whatever kicks them, like, they get a crazy dopamine rush. Wow, isn't that wild? And, yeah, it's misinterpreted as, like, well, like, this is awesome because, like, it's a guarantee I'm going to feel great. But that's because you misunderstand dopamine. Like, you misunderstand anticipation. You have that, and, you know, it's... If it, you're talking about alcohol, it's it's why the first beer often tastes the best. Sure. Is because, like, it comes with all that rush of, like, the beers to come. Right. It's happening, right? right? Yeah. Right, right, right. So it doesn't matter what the drug is. It's just, like, 
if you get a crazy dopamine rush from that, it's really hard to not just like keep leaning in. Interesting. But anyway. Yeah. So the purchase that you could leave uh, behind dead in your purchase past. I could leave. <laughs> the, so what I was saying earlier about like how I scrutinize, um, anybody who knew me before I was married, like knows I can live in the dirt. I don't need much. Yeah, you don't. I am uh, I'm a pretty bare, like a Spartan lifestyle fits me just fine. Um, but I want good things for my family. And it's actually been one of the best things about getting married and having a family is it like forced me to raise my standard of living because <laughs> I cared for the people yeah. around me. Yeah, yeah. So it made me like a, a more social human being like- from just like, you know, if you want to come over to my house now, it's pretty clean. Yeah, you're not like right? a Neanderthal. I went into your bathroom when you yeah. lived in the apartments. It was terrible. Yeah, I thought I oh, had. yeah, dude. Went and got a tetanus shot right afterward. <laughs> so, so that's been positive. But what it does for my buying is, like, I know what I need. If it's just me, like, I have almost no regrets around my purchasing. Mm-hmm. But in the effort to buy things that are, like, nicer for my family, I miss all the time. Oh, yeah. Current example, which is, like, not really important. It's petty, but it's emblematic of something that happens to me somewhat frequently. <clears throat> A lot of the bulbs in our in our house went out. And so I do what I normally do. Like, oh, I haven't really thought about, like, what kind of lighting I want in this room. And like I research all the lights, like the different, like the levels of illumination, what's most like daylight, what's like a warmer, softer glow. And I was like, well, I really like the, the daylight. I like to see things. Yeah. You know, I want it to be bright. <laughs> so I go buy like the 5,000 BTU or whatever the unit is. Like it, it looks like high noon in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, man. And Katie comes in. She turns the light on. She's like, ah! <laughs> I can see the dirt everywhere. Yeah. And, like, like it is way too harsh. It's like medical-grade lighting. Mm. Like, you could do surgery yeah. in this bathroom. Yeah, now. yeah. And uh, it's like, yeah, I messed that up. And then I feel bad about it, right? Yeah. And it's like, ah. Oh, so I probably got to go to the hardware store and like buy some softer lights and just sorry, you know I'll put you in the basement or something. Oh yeah. Like I feel bad for this light; it's yeah. purpose unfulfilled. But uh, yeah, that happens to me on some scale quite frequently. I I overspend because I want the other person to be happy, but now like I I didn't understand their needs correctly, and now I've spent too much on something that isn't making anyone happy. Yeah. So you're trying to like, and you're sitting there trying to convince yourself, like, yeah, no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> like you can see, like, like um, that ceiling fan right there behind me. I see it. So, Three blades. Interesting choice. Well, uh, I didn't buy that, but I just, <laughs> but I don't know anything about buying fans. You know, I, Annie's good at researching that stuff, so she bought it. We it, it was in our bedroom for the longest time, um, and it's just all metal. So as soon as you turn it on, the entire time it's spinning, it's like that this like hum all the, the whole. And for like three and a half years, we've been like, no, it's a nice hum. It like it's like white noise. <laughs> and we just uh, we just got some new ones. Thanks to Greg Cooksey HVAC, who keeps you cool, even with the fans for helping Shout me out. for helping me hang them. But now we have like a fan that makes no noise. And it's like. This is absolute bliss. This is so wonderful. This fan just yeah. spins. So anyway, are you guys a fan on? You you fan on in, when you sleep? Fan oh on? yeah, yeah. We're we're a fan on crew. I could as as said before. Doesn't make a difference to me. I'll lay down. No fan, fan. I'm asleep quick. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Katie likes the fan on, so we have the fan on. How's that sleep tracker treating you? How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, it's actually, it's like an every other day thing. Yeah. If I have to get up early in the morning, you roll the dice. If I get to sleep in, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit seven plus. Yeah. So. I've been in the nineties uh, recently. No big deal. 
Congratulations. Thanks, man. You you have my admiration. <laughs> let me actually let me actually I've got it right here in front of me. Let me let me see how I've been doing on the weekly summary. Actually, ninety-one percent sleep last night. Seven hours, fifty-two minutes. I think that's why we're. I think we're pretty sharp tonight. I'm pretty proud I'm of feeling, us. I'm feeling peppy, but yeah, I'm probably averaging about. Gosh, low of low of fifty-eight, high of ninety-one. Yeah, been there. All over the board, man. Yeah. Consistency, you know. Happiness is about frequency, not intensity. I had an mm-hmm. intense sleep last night, so that was nice. But just imagine the drop off. Yeah. I'm in for this evening. Oh, don't you're gonna psych yourself. All right. In, uh, in the in the sake of I'm time, in the sake of time, recommendations. I got a quick one for you, and I may have recommended this before. Hey, doubly. But I'm gonna. Recommend yeah, it. I'm gonna double click on this one, and it's Ted Lasso. Have you watched Ted Lasso yet? You know, I just had Katie's cousin, one of the most charismatic individuals I've met in some time. I've known him for years, but he always impresses me every year I see him. And he recommended the hell out of Ted Lasso. Oh, there you go. Double recommendation. You got one full season already out. And... um, Sweeten up the Apple Plus. You know I like to binge my months. Yeah, there's a uh, The Morning Show. Is also yeah. on there. You've probably heard about the morning show. Jennifer Aniston. Was way different than what I thought it was going to be, especially with Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, um, Reese Witherspoon. I was almost thinking it was going to be like More a slapstick kind of. It's not. More very serious. Yeah. very. Steve Carell plays a very dark character. Um, Matthew Lauer-esque. Okay. Yeah, Matthew Lauer. Matthew... Uh... Is it Matthew Lauer? Am I yep. getting that right? NBC, Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer. I don't want to call him Matthew. It's Matt Lauer. You're getting that right. Why well, do I call him Matthew? Like, it's like I know him personally. <laughs> you know, it's like his, I'm his mother. His Matthew. legal name now yeah. that he's under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Represented by. Well, when you're a criminal. Like, give him a middle name, too. Yeah, right, right exactly. Matthew Stephen. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Ted Lasso, it's, it's worth. Oh, and not to mention um, Resurgent. Uh, resurgence, resurgent for the the buttery oh, the buttery bros. That's on yeah. there for that's on there for rent for like three ninety nine or something like that. So there you go, your August is complete. I could do a month, and I would say that that Katie yeah, would yeah, Katie yeah. would like both the morning show and Ted Lasso. Annie's a little bit regretful that she she passed because she thought it was going to be about soccer. Turns out it's nothing really nothing about soccer, just a lot of heart. It's about it's about people. It's really good. It's really, really good. So um, couldn't recommend it enough. Ted Lasso. Yeah, no, I know Katie will love it. I've, I'm aware of it enough and that there's no question yeah. we're going to be all over it. Yep. It's just, uh, you know, we're kind of slow right now since we go to bed early. We get one Maybe two episodes, and we gotta we gotta crush through Animal Kingdom before we switch over. Still on our if list. If we stop, if we stop watching a TV show, it never comes. Yeah, back. yeah, we're we're never gonna revisit it. Yeah, we're we're currently doing. Uh, we're actually almost done with Harry Potter. We binge watched Harry Potter, um, nice. and we're doing it in like thirty to forty minute clips. Like we're we're not watching full <laughs> movies at a time, which makes it a little tough. But also, it's. It's just like watching like the you know, Game of Thrones. You get like an hour, hour each, and uh, also just been just been so amazed by it. My so dark, so good. So good. What do you got for us this week? My recommendation um, is the book I read for book club. Book club tomorrow night. Standing off or extended. Um, <laughs> if you want to join us next month, I'll send you the book. What? Yeah, tell me what the book is. What's the book? We'll find out tomorrow. Let me know what the book is. Okay. Tomorrow. You know You're only going to join if you like the book. It's I mean, more about the company, you know, spending time with look, uh, with fellow readers. I'm a slow reader, bro. I'm, I'm on shoot off, well, and it's taking about, I'm, I'm 30 pages in. It's taken me a while. Go ahead. Well. Book you just read. This book is an easy read. Um, a River Runs Through It. It is not long. Hmm. There's a movie about that. Most people, I was going to say, most people probably know the Robert Redford, I think, uh, young Brad Pitt movie. Yep. Um, it's most, you know, 
on the surface, it's about two brothers that love fly fishing. But as I'm sure you're not surprised, this is a real still waters run deep yeah. type of story. Surely it's, it's like uh, as much about that as Old Yeller is about a golden retriever puppy. Exactly. It's, uh, I didn't expect to love it as much as I did, but it's, it's pretty much poetry. Like you can just read it on the surface and like you get a nice little family tale about what two brothers meant to each other. Um, or you can read it and try to think of the larger themes or just like how it hits you. And he doesn't, the author is not heavy handed in any way. He's very understated and yet somehow it all lands. And I can only imagine this is why it's a classic. And I guess it shouldn't have surprised me that it was like this book has been so enduring because what seems like a simple story is incredibly powerful. Um, so I just encourage anybody who enjoys getting a little meaning from, uh, fictional tales, even stab something in there at the end about like why, you know, he, uh, he, the real life author and the character in the fictional story, he, uh, wrote nonfiction his whole life. And at the end of this book, he's having a conversation with his dad and his dad's like, well, maybe when you're done writing all that true stuff, you should write something with characters, something made up. And you'd be surprised what that could actually tell you about the real world. I was like, yep, 100%. I get it. I don't even mind this little grace note of you just like really hammering it home. <laughs> you know, it's but, funny. Uh, yeah, he, A River Runs Through It, Norman MacLean. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm, um, I'm actually really interested in that because... For some reason, that's that's one of those movies that I distinctly remember us going to the video store. It was Video Unlimited. We didn't have like a blockbuster in my hometown. Uh, picked it up for family night. We watched it as a family. And I, I just remember even as a kid just like feeling good about the movie. Like, you know, my, my friend was over. My dad watched it with us. You know, my brother and mom watched it. It was just one of those movies that we just kind of, at the end of it, you were like, ah, yeah, that felt, that felt right. I think I'd actually be a little bit intimidated to watch it alongside my brother or my dad. Yeah. It's kind of like Field of Dreams, want to have a catch. Like, you don't want to be too close to your father when that scene plays. Yeah. It's just too emotional. So, yeah, I remember it being a lot. It's, and, and I always got that one confused with uh, The River Wild starring Kevin Bacon. Very different <laughs> tales. Very different Very tales. Different. And I, I think there was one, one a little bit later called... Uh, down river or up the river with Dak Shepard. What was that movie? Oh yeah. Seth um, Green. Is it, yeah. Up the river without a paddle. It's something. Yeah. Dax. I got, I got, Just, the Dak Shepard. Without uh, a paddle. What are they, his trajectory is very interesting. Paddle. Yeah. His trajectory is very interesting. I was going to say the Dak Shepard IMDB is spotty. Like listening to him on the podcast and he talks about like the movies he's been in and the movies he's directed and I'm like, I've seen almost none of these. Why are you so famous? Like, why are you, like, what are you? They're not good. Yeah. Katie and I watched a movie on Hulu called Buddy Games. It is one of the worst comedies I've seen. Uh, Josh Damal's directorial debut. Oh boy. Handsome, the cast handsome is okay, guy, but it is, it is an awful movie. And I was telling Katie, I was like, you know, there's a piece of me that wants so badly to be famous just so I can worm my way on to armchair expert and tell Dax Shepard, hey, man, big fan of your work. Loved you in Buddy Games. <laughs> was he in Buddy Games? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was terrible. And he even, they even have like an out, what's the, like the bloopers reel at the end? Yeah, the, uh, the outro or whatever, out. yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Deleted clip. scenes, yeah. yeah. And he's, I think he's like standing in like, there's a hole cut around his neck and he has like a joint in his mouth and like with a Komodo dragon like coming towards him and they're like, 
getting ready for the scene. <laughs> They're like, are you ready? He's like, ready to accept my Oscar? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> so it's like he knew what he was getting into. Oh, my gosh. Dude, you know what but movie... I guess you got to keep cashing those checks. Look, I, I will, we, we can end on this one. You know what movie I actually am a, a little bit excited about that he's... That he's uh, I don't know if he's starring in, but he's absolutely cast in is... Uh, it's the upcoming Paw Patrol movie. Ooh. I spent a lot of time with the Paw Patrol crew, <laughs> and uh, the movie looks it looks fantastic. Is it live action? It's not live action, but it is CGI and not cartoons, so I'm a little bit excited about it. Might take the kids. Might go by myself. Yeah, Don't know they... yet. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of... Uh, we haven't quite gotten there yet. Yeah, yeah. Milo's just getting into it. He doesn't really know that much yet, but... But I'm very excited to go back down the movie path with Walter and eventually Winnie. But there's a lot of... First of all, I've always loved kids' movies yeah. to this day. Yep. There was, there was never a break in my life where I was like, yeah, these things are beneath me. Nope. I've always been into them. Yep. Yep, totally. And now that I get to kind of experience it, it's kind of like how Christmas gets cool again. Oh, yeah, Like, man. these movies are going to come back with a juice. I'm ready. Let me ask you this. We'll end on this one because we're, we're above our quota for tonight. Yeah, we hit it. Jungle Cruise. Are you in? I'm not going to pay the extra for it. I'll wait for it to come on for free, but Jungle Cruise with The Rock. Yeah, I'm not into the degree of paying the premium, but yeah, I'm in. I've I'm in. already signed up for everything Dwayne The Rock Johnson does, as long as I don't have to go too far out of my way. Yeah. Right? I agree with that. It's like, I would love to have a Zoa energy drink, but until it's actually in the shelves of my local gas station, I'm not going to get it. Right next to the horny But the moment weed. it's there, <laughs> yeah, but the moment it's there, I'll pick it up over whatever the other energy drinks are. Yeah, because why not? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big supporter of the hardest worker in the room. <laughs> That's how I wanted to end this. This has been fun. All right. All right I'll dude. talk to you next week. All right, man. Peace. Peace.